0: welcome to the sarah centrella show join best-selling author master life coach and manifesting expert sarah centrella as she shares tips tools and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life it's time to hustle and thrive now here's your
1: host sarah centrella
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. Um, I'm excited for you all to meet my guest today. We actually go back, um, I can't believe it's been almost five years, maybe even more than five years at this point, uh, Erica. But um, before I fully introduce you, I got to share the the story real quick with everybody, Um, because you and I connected um, when I did my red carpet launch in New York City at One Oak, which was like this crazy... Super far fetched, unrealistic dream that I had of getting everybody from my book, Hustle I Believe Received, together from all over the country in one room and just like celebrating it and having this just crazy kind of um, dream come true type of night. And I had zero budget to work with and was like, it was just all of it was so crazy. And you were so gracious and amazing and, and working with me on that. Um, And so everybody, I want you to uh, get to know Erica Meyer. She is the uh, president and founder of Emerge Media. I was actually just on an amazing um, virtual event that she put together for uh, the Women's Insider Network, which is uh, her women's kind of empowerment branch. Um, And you had an incredible like three-day event. So welcome to the show, Erica. Hi, Sarah, how are you? I'm I'm so excited to jump into lots and lots of good stuff here. before we get into you know, the companies that you've started, the women's empowerment thing that um, you have going on that's, that's really incredible, um, let's start way back in the beginning. Um, how did you get into all of this? I mean, you're in New York City, you've, you've done events for Cardi B and the Jonas Brothers, and I mean, you've been, you've been the top of the game um, as far as that goes for a long time, but no one starts there. So can you take us back and, and tell us how all of this began?
1: Yeah, let's go way back, right? So I graduated college and I went to grad school at Columbia and I thought I wanted to be a licensed therapist and that's kind of where I, I was headed and I went to the master's program and I realized this was great, but it really wasn't where I wanted to go and where I wanted to go was more in like an entrepreneurship. So basically as I started the program, I was doing that. And I started to take like business and hospitality and, and administration kind of classes. And then as you're kind of moving forward, you're getting internships. So in the internship, I would do my job like that I had to do for my internship. And I was getting extra time to help. Um, I was at UJA and they were allowing me to help with their donor relations. They didn't have a team. They were very short staffed. And I was like, wow, you could do fundraisers. You could put this together. You could speak to people. You can make a difference. And all of a sudden I saw that. Yes, I was helping people, but not in like the way that I thought I was going to help my people. Mm. And it really, really resonated with me. And I realized, wow, this is what I want to do. And at the time in the industry, you know, it was it was very male dominated everything. Right, you're going back 20 years, basically, um, almost 20 years. I'll be myself. But um, ultimately, if there wasn't really a direct way to learn. So, what I said was, what do I need to know to kind of navigate this world? And I started to do anything and everything I could do anything about like any kind of position related to events, whether it was like helping in the staff, setup, breakdown, pre promotion, reaching out to clients, prospecting. And I realized that that's what I really wanted to do. And I started to navigate that way. And ultimately, I worked my way through and up and navigate through relationships and kind of started to get into that world. And like I said, just dove right into it, started working at the company that I'm now a partner of. My partner had another partner. And as you know, time passes, they started to kind of go different directions. And ultimately there was a gateway where I was allowed to the opportunity if I wanted to take that position on, and I did. And the business has kind of since evolved. You know What it was 15 years ago is, is not what it is today, and it's gonna to continue to evolve. So yeah. that is the information.
0: Wow. I love that. Um, And I love the fact that we talk a lot about this on the show in that I think a lot of people, if they've identified something they want to do, I kind of call it the dream. Right. Um, And they start on that path. And when another opportunity comes or another idea comes they're they're kind of like, oh, I have to finish the thing that I started, whether I still like it or not, whether I find out I actually might hate it, I just got to do it because I said I was going to do it, you know, all that stuff. And I always love so much when um, people like yourself are like, wait a second, this is, I had never thought about this, you know, I was, I was on a totally different path, but this really resonates with me and I'm going to follow that through because that's a scary thing to do, you know, especially when you've invested in education, like you did, you know, in a different field, I'm sure there's people in your life going like, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) You know, My parents were absolutely, literally came to them one day and was like, Hey, I realized that this is not really where I want to go. They're like, we don't care. You're going to finish it. So as long as you finish, you could do whatever you want to do on the side, but you've come this far. And so you're going to have that, what they call like feather in your cap. Yeah, and yeah. Complete it, And that was kind of what they did. And, you know, during that process, right. Like I worked for a modeling agency where I was an assistant to the owner. I did, I did different fashion shows. I worked in all different realms. It wasn't even like like, okay, I learned how to do donor relations or nonprofit. I did every single thing. I helped open clubs. I opened helped work at restaurants. So I just kind of immersed myself into it. And my parents actually literally said, We know that you'd be good at this, but we don't really want you to because my grandparents had owned restaurants. So they were like, we don't know about that. So
0: yeah, well and especially because it's It's a life that can really require 80 hours a week and weekends and, you know, events, events happen when they want to happen, not when we want them to happen, you know? Um, And so it's a lot, it's intense and very different kind of life than being a therapist provides, right? More of a nine to five weekends off type thing. So um, I love though, that as you were finishing it up, which, you know, makes sense, you were still doing what we call the side hustle, right? You were like, all right, well, cool. I'm still going to learn this. I'm going to get better and better at it. And I love that you also were really open to learning every aspect because I know that's probably helped you, mm-hmm. right? You know, no matter how, how big the events are and how many people you have working for you now, just the understanding of what every single one of those roles entails and all of that has got a you know, had to have been a great
1: education. No, I think that there's two types of people, right. That do events and hospitality and get into the industry. There are people who do one lane Mm -hmm. and they only know how to do one lane. And then there's people who know the whole piece, the whole equation. And if you don't know the whole equation, then you're really at a disservice because when you're having a team work for you and you're trying to say to them, the importance of doing a, B and C, if you can't share an experience, if they're questioning why they're doing this, then you're kind of at a disservice. And if you can't get your hands, in the mess and kind of do that, then you're not teaching them to be the best that they can. And so my philosophy is you want to like immerse yourself with everything. You're not gonna like everything. But if you could say, okay, I bucketed this, I did this, I did this, I did this, at least you understand if some piece of the equation falls apart, you can always jump in. And that is really, really critical with with this field and I think with anything else, it really is.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, I mean, I think anyone who's ever started a company, been an entrepreneur, whether you're a solopreneur or you know, your company has grown at some point in time, I think that I certainly get exactly what you're saying, right? <clears throat> I've had to wear every single hat. I've had to learn how to design websites. I've had to learn how social media works. I've had to learn how to do videos and video at all this shit that I really personally don't want to do and don't really care about. But you know, when you're starting something. Um, you have to learn all that. And I have to tell you now, when I'm, you know, bringing on a team who's going to do some video for me, or someone who's going to do photography for me, having done it for myself for years and years and years, I have, I'm so much better now at delegating and, and understand kind of what it takes from the back end, mm-hmm. the of hours you put in, you know, if you're putting something together, just all of that stuff to be able to get quicker, better, more accurate results too really when I'm, you know, working with other people, because I understand what those roles entail. And, and I think that's a frustrating part for a lot of entrepreneurs. i talk to, um, especially women um, who have, who are, might be solopreneurs and have a lot going on in their lives as well. It's like, man, I don't want to do all this other stuff. And a lot of times we don't, but, you know, can you talk a little bit about, about that, about kind of that willingness to get in and, masterpieces of your business or your dream that was not on your agenda was not on your, I really want to do that.
1: I mean, that's pretty much a lot of it. Right. So I knew that I liked dealing with people. I knew that I liked creating experiences and I liked being able to say, I saw it from the beginning to the end. There's a lot of pieces that you don't like, right? Like you might have to do like a setup of a room where you're building out decor that requires literally climbing and, you know, hammering things and literally doing building construction kind of work. And then there's things where you might have to call on the phone for hours and hours because you're prospecting or you're trying to fill up certain dates on a calendar. You know, we have two sides of our business. We work in house where we're handling all the calendars for venues. And then we have a side where we're going out and we're, you know, working directly with the client to see what space they want. So it requires a lot of phone work. It requires a lot of follow-up. It requires, you know, working long hours. Like you said, if you said to me five or seven years ago, and we did the event, Hey, I want to do the event from eight to 12. And I was like, well, I really want to be home at 11. It's not going to work. I'm going to have to still do it. Right. Right, So you have to be flexible and recognize that flexibility is going to learn. It's going to go into growth, right? Growth is going to go into relationships and relationships are going to expand. And as long as you're willing to dive in and try something like Most people say, and I'm not even gonna take credit for this, like Marie Forleo has this thing where everything is figure outable. That's what she says. And I truly believe that, right? If you are willing to try and be and not think that something's like beneath you, right? Like you just made a point. You did you did a lot of photography work, right? For yourself. You know that it takes hours and hours. So now when someone you're hiring says, I need 10 hours, I'm just saying, yeah, right. Yeah. Because you can relate. Right. So there's that's an important piece or, or understanding like food service right like mm-hmm. do you think i ever wanted to be in like i mean i worked in restaurants when i was in college and stuff but like you know sometimes i have to come into the kitchen and help the chef bring out food it right. is what it is right you have to get it done so wearing those hats are really important
0: yeah i love that and you know you just like the rest of the world went through a year that was unexpected felt like it just kind of came from nowhere And as a speaker, my event schedule just crashed in about seven days, right? I was like, oh my God, I have the whole year booked. I was going to, you know, I had a bunch of international dates booked. I was like, this is the best thing ever. It was finally that moment three years into my business where things were really finally catching on the way that I had always dreamed it would and just crashed within seven days. All of it was gone. Um, and I can't imagine, I mean, you're in the live events business, um, primarily probably at that point. Right. And your calendar was probably slammed for the whole year. Like, like a lot of us, what on earth did, did you do and how did you deal with that? Because I know obviously you, you pivoted and all that stuff, but tell us a little bit about that. That was a massive, probably, a, a you know, adversity that you didn't see coming like a lot of us.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it was like March 13th right? We're in New York and there's an announcement, Hey, COVID-19, something, something like no one really understood what that exactly meant. And then there was an announcement uh, March 14th. And I remember being at an event and realizing that like, that was like the last day that we were probably going to be working in a while. And they did a full shutdown. And overnight, we went from repping like 75 venues, having millions of dollars of events booked social and corporate, you know, both types and seeing a great 2020 just go to like crickets. And when I say crickets, yeah. like it wasn't even like you said seven days or you had 10 right. days. Ours was overnight. Yeah. Cuomo was like, okay guys, everything's shut. And then he said, oh, and by the way, all businesses who are were non-essential are shut. And I'm looking at my partner and we're looking at each other and we're saying, well, we're non-essential. <laughs> like yeah. None of the venues are open anymore, right? Like nothing yep. is happening. And then literally, so- Imagine you, you lose everything, right? Then you're looking at staff and you're saying, well, what are we going to do with them? And you're saying, well, I, I care about them. I want to be conscious of that. So you say, okay, I'm going to work with them there and put them on other projects because you think it's temporary. Right. And, like, oh, and this will just be a couple of weeks. Exactly. We'll like in my it. mind, it was like a short mini vacation, mm-hmm. right? We were all just having a short stop. And then all the calls start coming in because now you have all these people who put in deposits, right? what's going on, what's going on, oh, what's going on. Yeah. Then the so, second wave,
0: uh, like the worst possible wave comes through like, right. Um,
1: yeah. So not only are you, you're just told that your business is shut, right? But now all the pr- potential future revenue is calling you saying, I want my money back, right? And now you're having to now go to venues that have deposits and navigate with them because now they don't have any revenue. So, so they're not eager to release their right, funds. Right? right? They're holding on. So you're dealing with personal people that are doing like wedding, social, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, things that they're funding. Right. You're dealing with major corporations and corporations were a little bit more forgiving because it's not their personal dollar, right? Like right. It's not like right. Sarah is giving money, yeah. it's yeah. You know, the corp behind you, right? Okay. So you have to navigate that and the conversation wasn't easy. I mean, it's still not easy, right? Like you're still not done with those. And then you, while you're doing that and that's also not bringing in any revenue, You're trying to say, well, what am I gonna do with my business and what is the direction we need to do? So luckily I have a business partner and he was fixated on the fact that this was gonna become virtual and that we were not going back in two months. Like in his mind, this was like a year, two years and I did not see it like that. And so he went left and I went right and he started to focus on that with some of our team and immerse ourselves into learning this new norm, which is where we're at now, right? We're virtual. Right. And I went to the right trying to say, let me call the clients. Let me understand what the venues positions are. Let me see what their needs are about either rescheduling or, you know, getting their money back or canceling completely. Um, and then on top of it, like, where do they see themselves going? And then in addition, a lot of people are getting fired. So then, it's reaching out to the people who are your clients a month ago, who are now upset, or they're crying, or they're home. And then again, my therapy hat came on, right? Like I was
0: right. like, oh. it did. It did come back into play. It did come cool. back into
1: use." <laughs> right, full circle. So, I mean, you have to adapt. And it is no really crazy.
0: Option. I mean, I think um, you know, it was, it was hard for so many um, people, obviously but I think people who really rely on future bookings and, and in-person stuff, it was just, it was such a shock that I, I like you never saw coming. I thought, oh, that's no big deal. Like we're gonna be fine. And I actually had a whole tour booked and I had just come back from, from Boston and had like six more spots. Mm-hmm. And then same thing, like not only is it all gone but now I have to do all these refunds on non-refundable stuff, you know? And of course you're yeah. like, well, the the nice human in me is not going to stick to that. I have to do the right thing, but it's really hard, you know? And, and I did the same thing. I had to figure out, okay, how do I take something that's maybe a half day and is really powerful and connects with people. um, And, and so much of that magic is the people interacting with each other, right? The people hearing each other's stories and being part of that. How on earth do you turn that into fucking zoom? Like I just never, you know, I never thought that would ever be a thing. And it, it is crazy. We all learned. Right. Um, but I, I would love, first of all, I just, the personal question I'm dying to ask is what do you see happening? Are people ever going to go back to live events? And then we can get into other stuff. Cause I'm dying to know that.
1: I mean, funny enough, I did my first live event last week. It was 80 awesome. people. Awesome. I chose a space that had a rooftop Aspects of open air because I wasn't fully comfortable to be like the person who planned this fully indoor space and it went off really well um so that was like a good like glimmer of hope if you will like Like, maybe it'll get back (laughs) maybe and then I do have a few more in-person events in May and I am getting a lot of social event booking so I just booked like several weddings and I don't count myself as like a wedding planner I do weddings I'm more I consider myself an event planner, right? right. I do more cor- corporate and social, but weddings, Um, I'm going to go back into a little bit, you know, if that's like what.
0: Right. If people yes. are more comfortable with to be. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I have those. And then, you know, some corporations actually reached out and said, guess what? We have approvals. I was like, oh, great. When do you have a few approvals for? They're like, well, we, we're ready to book now for Q4. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Okay, which is great. I mean, it shows that you can put some stuff in the pipeline, which is which is a start. And what I have been seeing um, is like smaller groups, like dinner parties, 10s, 20s, people are willing to do. Um, I see like the social, like I mentioned. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll ease back into the corporate. The corporate's gonna be the last, right? They don't wanna be a super spreader. They don't wanna have their big brands out there. And I totally get it. But what we are still doing is a lot of virtual. So we're doing a lot of virtual, like I did something yesterday for Fiverr. Um, yeah. Through are the wonderful Zoom, right? We made yeah, engaging yeah. and so forth. But that's what's gonna stick for a while. And the personal events, right? The social, human components are going to happen. And then the the corporate will follow behind. So I think it's a great start. Additionally, you know, we do our annual trade show, the event planner expo, which is for the events marketing hospitality industry. We are going into our ninth year and we are going back in person. And it's October. That's awesome. Yeah, so we made that decision. And then we're going to do a hybrid element for speakers. Yeah, because we have people like Damon john and Colin Cowie. And so it allows us still to navigate like how we're speaking remotely, right? right. And then we're going to have all of our strategic vendor partners in person. So we made that commitment. Hopefully the world doesn't change it. Yeah. But we're very optimistically hopeful.
0: I love that. So I know there's um, a lot of my listeners are uh, kind of in a similar position. They have companies. They're getting their stuff out. We've all been on, you know, Zooms. I think some have <laughs> been on good Zooms and bad Zooms and whatever. But as an event planner, I'm sure that was something. And you said your partner was really into right, right, immediately figuring out how to do them well. You know, how to make them still f- feel like an engaging event. Which all of that was the scary part, right? Like, how do we do this where people are not just tuning out and have their browser still open type thing um so can you share any any tips um that you have learned over the last year about um virtual
1: events because i know lots of people are still doing them sure so what i found is that you need to really identify more importantly than ever is what's the goal what's the objective right when we did events before it was have a fabulous venue, serve lots of cocktails, have great food, right? And then of course, great DJ or entertainment. You can't, it's, it's not the same now, right? We're not. I'm not serving you a cocktail through, through the lens. So what it is now is what do you want to achieve? Do you want to do employee morale? Are you trying to have like a human connection? Are you trying to personalize or humanize your business because you want your employees to work harder, right? Are you trying to prospect with sales clients who normally you would take out to dinner What does that look like? So first and foremost, I always say identify with the client what their objective is, right? Ask them what their vision is and then transfer it into a virtual world. Because the real world, what I call is like in-person and the virtual are not the same, but you can create engaging in-person experiences through a virtual world if you do it right. So where I go with that is just because you worked with a vendor partner in prior to the pandemic does not mean they're going to be the right one for virtual, because energy levels, engagement levels, they're different. And we found that very quickly when we started to kind of start to go to virtual, that a lot of the people we worked with were not necessarily the right for this.
0: Didn't translate.
1: Yeah, it didn't. And that's okay. Right? Like I had the honest conversations. Hey, doesn't seem like your energy's at 150. Yeah. I need it there. And we went to a different direction. And then on top of it is What do you want someone to walk away with? Like, what do you want the end result to be? And a lot of the clients, you know, for probably four or five months, I reached out to them and they were literally like, We're not doing virtual. We're not doing virtual. Kept going over. And then the end of the year came and they realized New Year's was coming. Something, yeah. They realized Christmas is coming in Hanukkah. And they were like, Oh my God. And then the conversation shifted as Do you want your staff to end the year not feeling appreciated, being isolated? Yeah. And then we dove back into it. Like what's an engaging thing that's going to resonate? What do I think would be fun? How do you, you know, we had the opportunity of streaming in people from Milan and London and Dubai. Like we never would have been able to do that. That was really cool. Right. You could see someone having dinner in one location and it was breakfast in another. So as much as the virtual world isn't in person, right. We can't have those same engagements. You can have different engagements. Right. And you can uniquely, you know, unify them so that they're special. And so that is the piece that I would say, I think of it as more like we're producing a movie. You're mm-hmm. going to a theater yeah. Yeah. and you're creating the sets, right? What do you want the welcome screen to be? What do you want the opening act to be? What do you want the middle break to be? You know, so those are the yeah. pieces and you have to think about it a little bit differently.
0: Uh, I love that. So talk to us a little bit about where the, um, the women's empowerment kind of piece came Came in, in, you know, because you're doing all the events, right? Obviously. Um, But, and you probably had a huge network of women who were part of your client base and all of those types of things. So what kind of was the inspiration for that? And tell us a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah. So you actually hit it right on the nail, right? We had a ton of women clients. And as I was speaking to them, I was realizing that they weren't happy working from home. Now they were, you know, also babysitting their kid or, you know, taking care of multiple homeschooling. Their husband was in the other room. They might never have worked in the same location. Maybe they're with a boyfriend, a roommate, like whole new set of rules, right? And regulations and so forth. And so what was happening was a lot of people were expressing to us because like you said, we had a big network. They were saying, I feel very isolated. I don't feel like I'm investing in myself enough. I messed up my morning routine. I don't have balance. And so from those kind of conversations, and then they kind of spun something. Well, what are you guys going to do about it? We're like, what? Are, what uh, do you think? Like, to- um, really? No, it was like a personal development company. <laughs> exactly. So, with that, you know, Jessica and I had always wanted to launch this, and we just were literally running and running and running with our business, and we didn't. And we said, you know what? It's a little bit different now. We're not going into a cab to go to a meeting. Why don't we take some time? Like, we have the time. And so we started it out of a need where people were telling us what was missing in their lives. And then we were kind of creating something where we could feel like people were feeling connected in a non-connecting world, right? Like in a virtually separated world, we were bringing people together and that was really the catalyst. And we did multiple events um, that were completely free that we totally lost money on, you know, just (laughs) investing back into it. Right. And we have a free element to all of the events because ultimately we don't want someone to say like, you know what? I lost my job and I'm depressed and I can't come in. Yeah, so it's yeah. open to all and we curate women like yourself who are motivational, inspirational that can teach women tools and tactics, right? That they can walk away with. Like Sarah, like when I tell you, when I talk to the women in our coaching program and they're like, I did Sarah's storyboard. And, oh my God. And they like literally. <laughs> talk it. about it. So yeah.
0: oh, I love it. Well, and that's the thing. And that's what I really loved about the event that you put on. First of all, it was multiple days. So it was really, you know, a deep dive almost into mm-hmm. lots of different areas that touch our lives. Right. So, um, I think you had financial experts on there, you know, you had, um, experts on there that know how to help you get your calendar right and just i mean just so many things right like all right. the things that we're dealing with um and then i mean that's what i have to say i'm really loving about this time is i am able to um reach what i think way more people than i was before right because people you know maybe couldn't come to a live event um and you're so right companies that's actually who i've been working with the most especially this year it was kind of like as soon as january 1 came all you know the fortune 500 the bigger companies were like are talking. we're still in this thing like what can we do to like kind of celebrate kicking off a new year and get people in a different headspace? and um and of course like future boards is so all about that it's about like the the mind body learning how to build out that a life that is one you love regardless of kind of what's going on and um so that part has been been really fun but i loved um, you know that interaction of support women supporting each other that you've created and do you think um I'm always kind of interested in this because I've loved watching what has happened after the me too movement because you know I kind of grew up in in the corporate world when I was the only woman in most of the companies I worked for I was the only woman in most of the boardrooms you know life was really really different um and I don't think actually they didn't women did not support each other the way they do now um you know I it was always kind of an internal joke, like, oh, if there's gonna be a woman in the boardroom, watch out, it's gonna be a lot harder meeting and, you know, like that type of stuff. Um, Have you seen a shift in um, the interactions and the support and just kind of all of that in the community of women that, you know, you're involved with?
1: So I think that, you know, with the pandemic, people were forced to realize that there's not, you, you can't have that pettiness anymore, right? That the person to your right and to the left are no longer your competitors. They can be your allies. Yeah. yeah, And that's like the mental shift that will allow, and that has allowed people to really survive and thrive, right? So if I look in a room and I say, oh, there's 30 women, I'm not going in there. What am I losing out on? I'm losing out on the expertise that they have. But if I look at it as I want people to come together as a macro level and I'm strong at one thing and you're strong at another thing. And, you know, all of a sudden there's a collaboration. So I think that with the pandemic being hitting the women the most, right, 5 million women yeah. lost their jobs. It was the hardest hit, Easy. you know, it wasn't men, right. it was women. Right. And then on top of it, maybe they lost their jobs and they had to go home and now they had to homeschool. Yep. Or maybe they had to do more things for their husband or their boyfriend, who knows what they're, you know, right, take care right. of their presence. So I think that when you're looking at it from that reframe shape and understanding that together we can be better, if you utilize the strengths of each person, then you're never going to look at someone as like, you know, like I can't be here because they're here. And it should have happened a long time ago. It's sad that it took this long, but you know what? We got here, right? Yeah. So I hope that it stays this way as we reemerge into whatever that new norm is. But I've seen a lot more kindness. I've seen more compassion. Yeah. And that's, I think, uh, it's, a, it's a really important and inspiring piece, right? That yeah. a woman can come to you and say, I'm not going to judge you. Yeah. I'm going to help you.
0: Yeah, I would say that one of the things I've definitely noticed through the, through the pandemic, and it was kind of starting even before that, was just a realness of women. I think, you know, the idea of going to a conference that was all women and not knowing anyone and going alone three years ago, and I'm a very social person, terrified me, right? I would be like, I'm going to hang out in the back corner. I hope no one talks, you know, and I'm, I'm an extrovert. So I can't even imagine how hard it is for all the women who are not, like, it was just so intimidating, almost threatening. um, And that I feel like is gone. I feel like women can actually really connect and, and on a way that just did not exist in my life before this. I just didn't know, maybe I was the only one out there who didn't know that, but, um, I love that shift. And I, I feel proud of both you and I, and every woman out there who's, who's part of it, right. Who's doing something about it. Who's, you know, I remember when I wrote hustle, believe, receive, everyone said, market this book only for women. And I was very adamant. I was like, no, this book is for everybody. And I'm glad I, stuck to that by the way. Um, I know it's touched many men's lives, but for the longest time, everyone's like, just do stuff for women, just do stuff for women. And I was like, but why, (laughs) you know, like why, you know, but soon as I stopped resisting that and just leaned into it, not to be too cliche, but just was like, yeah, you know, like this actually feels good. It's so crazy. Like 99% of everything having to do with my business is for women, which just, would never have crossed my mind four years ago. Um, And I think it taught me a lot about just listening, you know, listening to what other people, like you said, you saw a need out there. People kept coming to you and saying, hey, and you listened, right? You listened and you were able to, very much like you did way back when, 20 years ago, (laughs) You're like there's something else that's calling to me. I'm gonna listen and and make a change. What are some of the, the biggest lessons you've learned over the last 20 years of, of being an entrepreneur in arguably the hardest city on the planet, right? If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere as the saying goes, um, that you can share with us ladies out here, uh, you know, getting our businesses off the ground.
1: I think that the biggest lesson is, is that don't have a backup plan because if you have a backup plan, you're always looking backwards. Right. So they always say like, you know, you know, lean back, go back, you know, what's back. But if you think about it, when you fall backwards, it hurts you. But when you just said you leaned in, you're moving forward, you're keeping that momentum. So I feel like you need to kind of tunnel vision in and say, this is where I wanna go. Obviously it has to be attainable, right? Like it can't be like, I wanna be an astronaut if you're not in that field, right? Um, But if you know that you're on that right path, you have to just go inward and say, I'm gonna get there and chip away. And I think that small wins are huge. I talked to a lot of people that say, oh, that wasn't a big win. I don't care if it's not a big win. It's a big win because it's getting me one step closer. to my end goal, right? So as Uh, an entrepreneur, you don't know what that is, right? Like you have to think about something as not necessarily about like, what do I make today? Or what is it about today? It's not about that. It's about, do I have value that I can add to a situation and then, can that person add value to my situation, right? Because today I might be helping X person, and then tomorrow, all of a sudden, they're referring me somebody. So I think of it as if I can add value, my business can add value. If it's something that we can help, then you don't want to put a dollar of value on it. You want to say, I'm going to provide this assistance, and it's going to help me down the road. So that's something that I think is really important. Another valuable lesson is that it's okay if you don't know the answer it's okay to ask somebody else that doesn't mean that you're weak or that you're stupid or that you're not good at it it might just be in a different sector like that's okay but knowing that you have to ask is also part of it and that can be hard as an entrepreneur as an owner you don't want to like feel like you're being weak right but weakness is actually not asking because then you're not providing the service that you could because you're not giving them the value and so, you're
0: assuming look, you're assuming which can always get you in trouble versus just being open and getting the answer. I love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a zillion things, but ultimately an entrepreneur means that you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. It's a whatever it takes kind of position. And if you're not willing to be in everything position, then you should go work for someone. And that's okay, right? And understanding what that is. Like you said, you're going to work whatever hours it takes because you're an entrepreneur. Someone else who works for Mm -hmm. you is going to come in. They're going to clock in. And you're going to clock them out and they're going to go home and there's different rewards for each. Right. And so you have to kind of decide first and foremost, what resonates with you so that you can live the life that you want. And then you can create the business or the job that you want, right? Like I worked for somebody and now I'm a partner of the business. Right. So, so there's a lot of different you know, ways that you can go.
0: Yeah, and oh, you t- you touched on several things I want to dig into, but um, that last one I think is a really big piece because I started working when I was like 15 years old. I worked in the restaurants for God, mm-hmm. 15 years, you know, so I know what it's like to work hard. I mean, that's physical work; right. your physical. body aches, all that stuff, right? Um, and I would be picking up doubles and you know working like a monster all through my 20s, whatever. So. I'm so glad that I did because I understand what it's like to be the person who's there just working. Like you said, like clocking in and clocking out. I didn't own the restaurant. I wasn't vested on if we made profit that night or whatever, but I w- I showed up and I gave it my all and I expected that I could leave when my shift was done. Right. And right. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who maybe never worked and don't understand that and don't have the respect for uh, the understanding that, yes, it's my business and it's fine for me to work around the clock, right. Cause I'm vested and, and all of that, but I have to have respect for the people who are working with me or for me and understand they don't have to play by that rule. Like I don't have to expect 80 hours from them. If all I'm paying them is for 40, just stuff like that, which I think kind of a lot of people maybe don't think about or don't get, but if you haven't, had a job <laughs> where you, you know, worked for someone else and you understand how that side of it works. Um, being on the other side, I, I feel like that's how a lot of bridges are burned in the beginning when you're building your company. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you have these unrealistic expectations of everybody thinking like, oh, people owe you stuff, you know, they should be no, doing everything for free or whatever, you know, it's crazy.
1: No, it, it's really important. I mean, I worked double shifts when I was in college, right? And I worked in a restaurant and I carried that tray and I, I did all that stuff. And, you know, everything that you're learning is kind of giving you tools in your toolkit, right? Because when you were doing what you did in the restaurant, you were meeting people, you are engaging people, you were using your unique uh, value proposition to maybe have them upsell on something they were purchasing, so it's, you need to kind of see full circle, right? Like, yes, you, like you're saying some entrepreneurs start a business, they've never worked. Maybe they got funded by somebody or their family gave them something and they just kind of went that way. And they're never going to see the full picture when we try to hire and hope, you know, ideally is like, we want to get someone, I'm sure you're the same that believes in the company for the growth opportunity. Right. Right, right. Because then they're not looking at, like when I've had people, they're like, Oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Gotta go, but their stuff's not done. And I'm like, then it's probably not the right alignment, you right. know, right. probably not the best, but there's going to be those people that's okay.
0: Right. But then
1: they might not be the right people, like, they wouldn't be the right people for me, right? I don't want to pay someone for 40 hours and have them work 80. But I'm also expecting there to be a conversation of, I'm like, hey, Sarah, can you finish the project? For sure. yeah, doing, Yeah, excellent. Yeah, like, work. I'll yeah. work out with you, blah, blah, blah. You're like, great. I don't want you to be like, well, no, I want to go a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, it's so interesting because I think like the respect factor, right, ideally in a, in a perfect world. And there were restaurants that I worked for that I would have freaking laid down on a train track for the owners. I love them that much, right? Like yeah. when I showed up, I was doing whatever it takes. I was, you know, make, you know, I had regulars and what are regulars? Those are people who are vested right. not only in the business, but they're there because yeah. you're bringing value, right? And those are the owners who understood that value, right? So it was like a mutual, um, and I think in the growth phase, especially of a new company, and I've gone through this twice now, when you're bringing on, it's so hard, right? It's hard to initially like let your baby go a little bit and kind of delegate a little bit. And then also find those, those matches where it, it is kind of mutual, like. You know the person does want to be there and help it grow and and make um an impact on the world through what you're doing and and all of that and i think sometimes it's okay for that to take a couple tries and take you know exactly. and it's it's scary and there's risk involved but how do you grow without it i mean you just can't right you kind of have yeah. to get your training wheels on a little bit and there's something else that you said that i'm a huge believer in which is celebrate the small wins mm-hmm. i mean Lots of people don't because they're like, oh, I don't want to jinx it or I don't want to be you know what I'm telling you you got to train your brain it's it's like it's psych- like I'm not a psychology major or any of that, but you know what I mean like it I always think of my brain kind of like a two-year-old's brain. if I do
1: something good, I like that little bit of a reward so, just like you yeah. and people sometimes say like are you serious? And I'm like, I yeah. am <laughs> That's how I I up level
0: It's like, I want to reward it every little up level. Like, and when I get it, I want to be happy about it because mm-hmm. if I'm not celebrating those, those little wins and I'm waiting for the big one, I'm waiting for the big one. Number one, when the big one comes, it's never going to feel great. You're just yeah. going to be like, whatever, you know? So you, you deny yourself the joy that you are ultimately seeking and then the the second piece of it is your brain's never getting that kind of like euphoria. It's looking for like Like you asked me to do that and I did that. Where's my treat?
1: <laughs> well, literally you just said it's Pavlov's dog theory, right? It's right? like you're doing something and you're giving them the treat and then they're doing it again. And exactly. it's you know, reward, reward, reward. And then you're, you're modeling positive behavior. So it's kind of like people will say to me, oh, well, you just did this small event. Do you like doing the small events or do you like doing the big events? Right. And I always say like, the small events are the same as the big events. And they like, don't really understand me when I say that I'm like, because I'm going to do the same exact service I'm going to do for the small as the big. And they're like, always like, well, well why? Like, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, And I said, but it is because what I could do for someone on a small thing, you don't know that could turn into something big. It's the same process. So when you're going to show up, you have to show up and you have to show up at a high level. And so that's where I always say like, those could be small wins, right? Like if you're yeah. waiting for that big win, like you said, By the time you get it, what, you're gonna have like two seconds of satisfaction. And and then you're,
0: yeah, it's almost a total letdown. Um, And I call it kind of like postpartum of a dream. You're like, really? Yeah, that kind of sucked. Like, why did I do, you know? And, and that's how people get chronically demotivated because Mm -hmm. it's just you know, why, why work that hard and not feel great kind of on the other side of it. Um, I love this so much. Where can people be part of, and can they be part of the women's empowerment part that you have going on? I think the, the event that I was part of, is that open to the public or just, um, industry based or how does that work?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, we do do a series of them and if they're interested, they can go to info at womeninsidernetwork.com. They can shoot an email. We do them every month to every other month. We have one in May and June, and yeah. everyone's welcome. And um, yeah, whoever wants to, we could tell them more about it as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Guys, go there, um, get on the mailing list. That's probably the best way, right? To, to know when it's happening and to register. Yeah. And all that good stuff. Sure. And
1: if they want to, they can also email uh, events at EMRG Media, that's our parent company. They can ask any questions, whether it's about corporate events or the women's community or even our trade show. Um, and we'll answer whatever we can, but yeah, we'd love to connect.
0: I love that. And one other thing you mentioned, which I'm going to go do right now is you said you have a, a PDF with tips on how, uh, to put a good event together. And, and like I said, I know there's lots of women out here who want to do a retreat maybe, or want mm-hmm. to do like a dinner event and maybe have never done one before. It's kind of scary. <laughs> so where can they go to, to grab some of your tips on events?
1: they can go to bookevents.com. There's a complimentary PDF download. They can learn all about marketing strategies and virtual events and and more. And they can kind of go there and capture whatever information they want. And we're here to answer any questions. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. Or like I said, they can email into events at emrgmedia.com. And one of the team members can also answer questions.
0: Ah, I love that so much. I'm getting that download ASAP. Thank you so much, uh, Erica, for being part of the, the the show and sharing your knowledge. and thanks for including me and in what you have going on. I mean guys, this is a perfect example of how you do something and you don't know how it can come back around literally five or six years later. You were so gracious to work with me. Like I said, back when I was like struggling for last minute donations, like day of event. Um, and you know, for, for us to come back together in this way, it just feels like beautiful and not to be too cheesy, but you know, <laughs> well, I'll
1: virtually hug you, virtually yeah. <laughs> hug you. Thanks so much, right. exactly.
0: Thanks everybody. And until next time, get out there and hustle and thrive.